1: I the same
0: prayer.
2: That. Oh yeah, I'll do that too. <laughs> That'd be great. Anyway, yeah. Um, wow, well, God, once again, we, we're, we're needy people. We're needy and we're dependent on you and that's how you want us to be. So we just come and, and my prayer is that you will take and use this next segment powerfully in the lives of people who are at um, where Anna was um, and also to bring hope to families who maybe have kids that are um, at this stage. um, It's it's such a hard place to be, and yet just as you used Lynn's story to impact Anna, I pray that you would use Anna's story now to also go out and impact people and draw them back to you and your heart and back to the truth. But that would be done, Jesus, with great gentleness, with great winsomeness, with no trace of, of bitterness or anger or malice. Um, but just that sadness and that compassion that draws, because it's your loving kindness that brings us to repentance. And that's what we want for people that are hearing. So just once again, bless this segment for your honor and glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. it
1: go. Yep. <laughs> all good. <clears throat> I'm Lynn Wilder.
2: And I'm Joel Grode. And today, we've got a special guest with us again.
1: Yes, Anna, Anna Bannister has been with us before um, telling us how she nearly joined Performance-Based Religion.
3: Okay.
1: And today we're going to kind of zero in on those things that were so attractive mm-hmm. to you. Certainly I did it once, so mm-hmm. um, I think you and I have some real similarities about mm-hmm. what attracts folks, right?
3: Absolutely,
2: yeah. And then also, so people can identify and see the process, because there may be somebody who, like you, has entered into a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. with a person of a performance-based religion, Mm. and that's really heady, powerful stuff. God created us for relationship, Mm -hmm. and so those relationships, so sometimes those relationships may be blind us or cloud mm-hmm. our perspective absolutely. Mm-hmm. and so yeah so go ahead and start us out with a little bit of your religious spiritual background where you came from and then <clears throat> kind of how all this started yeah
3: absolutely <laughs> um so i was actually raised in a christian home uh we were okay. in nazarene growing up um and i wasn't exposed or introduced to in my case for p- performance-based religion um in my case, it was the LDS Church, was Mormonism. Right. Um, I wasn't exposed to that until high school, uh, when I met an amazing young man <laughs> with an amazing family. Um, and growing up, my my uh, family, you know, there was there was some conflict. It wasn't always, you know, rainbows and roses. I guess you, you can yeah. say. Um, and very so, few,
2: very few families. Correct. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
3: Um, but something about his family—they uh, were practicing uh, Mormons—was just that. How incredible, how incredibly smooth things seemed to run. There was so much love in that household. They were um, just amazing people as far as he was the attorney of his class. All of his siblings were athletes, incredible students, and I could just go on about, you know, right. very kind, loving, accepting, just welcomed me in. Um,
2: and was this guy like a friend of yours before? So is this someone you'd had contact with? Um,
3: no, we actually met in high school. Okay. Yeah. And so and that's it was my senior it was between my junior and senior years when we met okay um, we became close relatively quickly um and I again I guess I kind of I was drawn to his him as a person and then his family his family unit to be honest and so I would end up I've spent a lot of time over there um just honestly being loved on by these incredible people <laughs> right um anyway so in a nutshell um we ended up we were in a relationship for a little bit. I left for some uh, military training, and we uh, were kind of separated for a couple of years. But when I came back home, um, uh, we went to school, and a couple of years later, we, we reconnected. And that kind of, I guess, rekindled the flame in a way, and we, right. we got into a deeper relationship at that point and really— we're talking about things like the possibility of marriage and and things like that. And I I truly fell madly in love with this young man. Okay.
2: Now, at that point, when you're starting to fall for him, are there any red flags? Because I know often, especially in Christian homes, it's like, hey, you know, don't marry outside of the faith. Be careful. You don't end up in a mixed marriage, all that sort of thing. So was any of that there? Did you, was any of that, you're like, oh, he's or was it not, did you know so little about the LDS faith? So what was, yes. what was kind of the context there? What was going on yeah, there? Yeah,
3: absolutely. I think there were a few things that went into it. One, I, I really was not very familiar with the Mormon faith. I knew, I knew the he and his family were Mormon, but all I saw was just the love and the, and then they talked about Jesus. You know, I, I knew that they at least, you know, knew who Jesus was. They, he said he absolutely. believed in the Bible. Um, I mean, they had Bibles of course, and so, you know, from that point, like, just the beginning of the relationship, that's kind of all I knew, and that's just, I guess, what I went off of. And, of course, as we got deeper into our relationship, it became clear, you know, that I, he was very devoted to his faith, um, wanted to go on a mission. Well, honestly, from my perspective, like, he, Mormonism um, was described to me as, like, that they already know what I know, but they have more to the story, if that makes sense. So, the emphasis was less on, him learning about my faith, and more about me learning about his faith right. because he had the yeah, you know, and the let's
1: Bible. camp there
3: for okay. a minute. Did he know biblical Christian faith? At, um, I would say I would say no. Um, and, and this is not accusatory in any way, um, right. but I would say even at that point in my life that maybe I in- included was not as familiar with the uh, the concept of grace and understanding truly what Jesus had done for me um, and that what he had done literally paid for my sin in full.
2: Oh, yeah, well, no. so because so he's a, he's generational. I mean, so he was born into the. LDS faith. So yes, that's really he all he knew.
1: True. Right. Absolutely. And, and yet it's standard. When, when I was LDS, mm-hmm. we were told that Christians had a little bit of the truth. Yes. And we as Mormons had the fullness of the truth. So I honestly did think mm-hmm. that I knew biblical Christian faith. Mm. So I saw biblical Christians as kind of lessers and mm-hmm. Mormons as graders, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. Yep. Christians just had the Bible and it was corrupt, but Mormons had all these perfect scriptures stacked on top of it. But w- of course when I read the Bible I found that that's not true. It's not absolutely. lesser and something you add to.
3: These two faiths mm-hmm. are exact opposites, yeah, right? Very very different. Yes, absolutely.
2: Okay. So it's so it's not like if you were so you were Nazarene yes. and he was Presbyterian. Correct. Um, and you'd go, well, we're both kind of different denominations, same faith, we could go anywhere, the expectation was if the relationship was going to get serious, you would become a member of his church.
3: Yes, I mean, it had okay. it had to be, I mean, either he had to leave the church or I had to join the church, um, exactly what he said. It, it was not like within different denominations of Christianity that we could, you know, just pick a denomination. I mean, with uh, the Mormon faith, in order to, you know, uh, reach the celestial kingdom. You have to have an, an eternal marriage. You'd be married in the temple. And for me to even step foot in the temple, I had to be a practicing Mormon for at least a year, have been been baptized and been in the Mormon okay. church for a year.
2: So at what point did he begin introducing you to these sorts of concepts in your relationship? Yeah,
3: absolutely. So about uh, almost six months before he left for his mission, I uh, was when we were really, um, you know, and and from his perspective, I mean, he had the truth of the gospel. I mean, he had the full, you know, so he wanted me to learn. And and it started with just kind of a curiosity thing. We, I said, okay, I will, you know, go to a meeting with the mission and more missionaries because, you know, they can answer some questions for me. And then he came to church with me one Saturday. My church had a Saturday and Sunday service. So okay. he came a Saturday night. I went to his church on a Sunday. And it was very just nonchalant. You know, it was very just kind of exploratory.
2: Now, are your parents aware of this—that you're you're in relationship with this guy? You're kind of doing that back and forth church. Yes, yeah, so they
3: did know that I was in a relationship with him, um, and our families had been friends. I mean, we great respect on both ends. I mean, my family absolutely loved his family. However, my relationship with this young man, um, my parents were concerned about because of the faith difference, and so. Okay. Um, concerning to them however at this point my my father especially my father in particular did not have a full knowledge of how serious I was about him at that point okay about serious how pursuing that relationship
2: that's I mean that's a little bit different because normally as you start getting serious with somebody that's something you share was there a reason why you didn't share that with your parents
3: yes just because of the the religion barrier to be honest I knew that my father was very concerned about the fact that he was of the Mormon faith and um, my dad had used, you know, the word cult mul- multiple times. Okay, all um, right. Very so... fearful, yes. Okay. Which is something, right, you
1: started to bring up with the different denominations. So you've got Presbyterian, Methodist, and they get married. Um, how is that different from someone who's Nazarene marrying a Mormon?
3: Right, absolutely. I mean, I think it goes back to just, you know, and even at that point, my dad wasn't 100% familiar with the Mormon faith, but he knew that they had a different definition as far as like what Jesus' sacrifice meant, that they had a different um, concept of eternal life about God himself and so um, and and my exploration into the church sparked my father's own exploration as well and research and things like that
2: But you weren't seeing the same things, though. Obviously, he was seeing some things that you weren't, because you weren't sharing his concerns.
3: Correct. Well, and I I won't say that I I didn't have concern. Um, There was, you know, as far as confusion over, you know, growing up in a Christian home, I had been a son. I mean, I knew the the Bible, you know, fairly well for someone who was 17, 18. I guess at that point I was even 20 because he was about to leave for his mission. So, you know, I knew the Bible fairly well. And so there were things even in the more missionary lessons. I mean, after that first meeting, I began okay, why don't we come back for one more meeting, okay? And okay. so it kind of just started. I honestly went through all the missionary lessons before I really realized <laughs> that, I
2: was, <laughs> that you were doing then, that.
3: And again, I want to emphasize not, I was never coerced into it or, mm-hmm, you know, no one ever forced mm-hmm. me to do anything, mm-hmm. but I, I did without even realizing to start taking the traditional missionary lessons as if I was investigating the church like a normal convert.
1: Because there seemed all this positivity attached absolutely. to it, right? Mm-hmm. right.
2: And, and they're going to encourage you to study with them, to learn from oh, them, absolutely. not to learn from outside sources. I've oh, had, absolutely. In fact, I've had um, even LDS missionaries say to me, hey, if you want to learn about a Ford, you're not going to go to GM. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to go to Ford. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've learned now that the proper response to that is, well, if I actually want to learn the truth about something, I go to Consumer Reports, which is an objective outside source <laughs> <Exactly>. to study. <laughs> That's a good but, but, they u- but, they u- but they use that. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, did you find a fair amount of agreement? So in, like, the initial discussion where you start saying, well, you know, I believe this, I believe this. Did you find that there was a lot of agreement, a lot of affirmation about what you already believed and were bringing to the table?
3: Oh, absolutely, yeah. In fact, often what I would, I would bring something to the table and, and often the response would be, um, that, oh, yeah, we, we know we believe this as well. You just got to understand there's there's, there's more. Like, it's good, and, you know, there's more to it. Mm-hmm. We agree with you. We agree with you. So a lot mm-hmm. of affirmation, um, and that is actually kind of what makes it confusing a little bit because the truth mixed in with So looking truth. back
2: at that now, would you say there was maybe some dishonesty or some not? There wasn't total authenticity about what the potential differences would be, and there was kind of a maybe a sugarcoating or a glossing over of the... Yes. of what might have been red flags to you. Yeah, even.
3: absolutely. You know, if I'm completely honest, I, I would say yes. I never think, and I, I would never say or think that it was from a malicious, you know, mindset or right. heart from the missionaries because you know they truly believe that this gospel is that their gospel the mormon gospel is true that the mormon yes. teachings are true and so you know they want to see me or other or other investigators come into their faith and so oh. they're going to highlight the things that might be more attractive about the faith and i would definitely say that was true of my story okay
1: well and as, as a Mormon, we use the term milk before meat. Mm-hmm. It's scripture, right? Mm-hmm. It's Mormon scripture. And what's well, actually biblical scripture, right. but it has a different meaning in Mormonism. <laughs> <laughs> like pretty much everything else with the same religious words that have different meanings, which mm-hmm. is a whole other confusion right. Oh, point, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, maybe you want to talk about
3: that for a minute, huh? The vocabulary just the vocabulary you know even from like, from the first time of investigating it, it became clear that our vocabulary was a little a little different as far as i mean the, the words might be the same they would mean different things okay and i think when you know a lot of this podcast we talk about about grace right mm-hmm. um and i and I don't know if i can go ahead and i mean that's one example that comes to mind right mm-hmm. away oh yeah, yeah absolutely um and just the and that, that was actually one of the biggest things i struggled with during my period of investigation was this concept of grace you know in um, the Book of Mormon it says that we are saved by grace after all we can do. And growing up I had always been, you know, taught and even <laughs> reading in scripture that, you know, what Jesus did on the cross for us was I mean was completely paid in full. I mean he said it is finished, like he Right his one sacrifice was good for all eternity.
2: And Ephesians two eight nine, which every good Christian child memorizes for we know for it's by grace that we've been saved you know it's not of ourselves Mm -hmm. it's a gift of God it's not of works so So no one boast.
3: boast. exactly and then
2: yeah Mormon scripture like provides almost the exact counter opposite that's by grace we're saved after all we can do
3: right absolutely and and I always found that so confusing because I you know I would ask the missionaries this and and, I mean I think most Mormons you'd ask them and say well of course we believe in grace We, we know that we cannot achieve salvation without Jesus Christ well I think what I found to be just so confusing and the difference there is that well you know but am I contributing to my salvation and you know the 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 biblical view of grace, the biblical teaching of grace, Jesus' teaching of grace, is that He was the full sacrifice. I mean he there is nothing that I personally can do to, you know, make myself more or less saved.
2: Right. Because I mean these are very common things and these are something that very often does come up as people are looking honestly and asking that. So in so in this process of investigation, when these like doubts or these differences kind of come up, when you would ask them Wow, it seems like the Bible says this but this Book of Mormon scripture is maybe contradictory. How would they respond to that?
3: Yes. Um, you know, often they would they would usually they would always have some type of answer. Um, oftentimes they would use an analogy of some kind or like a story, um, right. maybe, you know, that they you know, even that a general authority had given an answer <laughs> that would you know, I guess satisfy me for the moment. I still, you often have questions in my heart, but you know, it would satisfy in the moment. And then, in other things, you know, they would say. You know, you'll you'll learn more um, after you're baptized. There is an emphasis on you know taking the leap of faith of baptism. Get baptized, and after that, more will be revealed. Right. Um, and that God would honor this leap of faith, and so by taking the leap of faith, and then mm-hmm. I would get more would be revealed because to me.
2: Then you would be a member then you'd be now a baptized member, you'd mm-hmm. be Have in. Have the
1: Holy Absolutely. Spirit, yep. the Holy, yes. Holy Ghost. Yes, yeah, So them. that
3: also always really confused me because I always said, well, you know, I, the, the concept of not having the Holy Spirit, having, you know, even as a child and growing up in the church, like really right, knowing I didn't, I mean, the Holy Spirit had been with me, and then, well, how do I have the Holy Spirit, but then not have the Holy Spirit. You know, it was just, that that was very confusing right. to me as well.
1: Okay. Well, and and let's clarify that, because performance-based religion, this particular one, teaches that the Holy Spirit can leave you according mm-hmm. to your righteousness, right? Right. So right. if you've sinned, the Holy Spirit literally leaves you. That's very different from biblical faith, which right. believes right. once you're justified, the Holy Spirit enters you and is there forever. Right. And Absolutely. again, performance-based
2: religions will claim they are the only true truth. They aren't the only ones with all the truth. And so, therefore, your understanding at some level is faulty. Mm -hmm. Um, Theirs is the correct understanding, and you need them. So you need to join them Mm -hmm. in order to have access to kind of this fuller gnosis, this fuller understanding. Mm -hmm. But it's always tied to... Eternal life. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's always tied to membership. And right. so the goal is always, mm-hmm. we need to get you to become a member. Right,
3: absolutely. And,
2: okay, so so this is going on. In the meantime, obviously your relationship with your boyfriend is continuing to develop, deepen.
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, we started having almost sometimes weekly, sometimes nearly weekly meetings with the missionaries. I started going through all the lessons. I did have all the lef- uh, more missionary lessons, even... Um, after he left for his mission, some of the lessons I had over again actually. Um, and so in that time, right before he left for his mission, uh, we decided that, you know, as missionaries they really shouldn't be in a relationship and even then we thought our best chance at even being maybe successful with it was that we that we end our relationship at that point. We still have correspondence, but you know, so we weren't officially together when, he left for his mission, but my pursuing the Mormon faith continued. In fact, he, um, his mom and I were very close, and so she introduced me to a ward um, in the city I was living with. In, in that time, um, I got connected with with that ward. I started going faithfully um, again, all unknown to my to my family
2: right. back home. And now, did they ever encourage you to tell your family about this? Did how were they how were they with the fact that you were keeping stuff from your family because you know, I'm thinking as a parent,
0: yeah. um,
2: I'm going to want who's ever close to my my sons or daughters. And I have I have four sons, I have four daughters. Mm-hmm. And I just think about them in your perspective. If mm-hmm. I've got somebody else from another faith that's starting to right. interact with them, at the very least, I'm going to want them to be honest and authentic mm-hmm. and encourage the connection with me as their parent, maybe mm-hmm. as the primary relationship. Mm-hmm. Was there any of that happening? Or was there maybe more of... Um,
3: Mm -hmm. if your parents
2: don't know it might be better if you just uh, what was yeah no it's a good question
3: honestly i i wouldn't say that there was any you know um they did not discourage me from telling my parents. However, I think that the biggest priority was that I continue with my journey with the, with the church. And so that involved, you know, they, and I was the one that said that we should meet at the ward building. I didn't, we didn't meet at my home because I, I knew my, my father would be very upset about that. Um, not, maybe not upset that we were meeting there, but just me upset that I was meeting with the missionaries in right, general. You, you know, he probably would have preferred their... that I would have actually brought them there so he could have had a say in it. But anyway, um. So that was a little bit of a deception
1: on your part and perhaps on theirs as yeah, well. Yeah, and, I, and again, I
3: don't want to put that on them as far as like where we were meeting, you know, but in, in fact, they encouraged me, you know, to be brave essentially. I mean, they didn't want me to necessarily hide it from my parents, but I think it was more do what you need to do in order to join the church. But this, the, you know, the further I went or got into the church, it was more of a, okay, you know, you're, you're ready and I was, you're ready to be baptized. You've had all of the lessons, um, you just got to get the courage to tell your dad, you know. So it's less about, like, asking permission or inviting him into my decision, but more like you've got to make your decisions between you and God, and then you just basically tell them what your decision is. Yeah. Um, but and they so, knew I was fearful. I mean, they right. and they were sympathetic to my fear of, you know, telling him that.
2: Right. Case, But sometimes there's also this idea will we'll become your substitute family. You know, So even if your family gets upset at you, you know you're always welcome here. You'll always have us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was ever a part oh, of yeah, the that, mix.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah,
2: A very subtle form, whether people, and again, whether people realize it's happening or not, but within performance-based religions, to get people to make the move, there's often things in place within the system that starts to put division between other people of influence. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, well, trust us for the information. Don't go here. You really don't yes. need to worry about this. Don't right. research this over here. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting to find out here's, here's where it's safe. Right. So there's all, there's that absolutely. kind of demarcation. Was any of that going on as you're investigating? Yes. researching?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I um, you know, going through the lessons, I obviously had many questions. I was having a background in biblical Christianity, especially questions between the Bible, the Book of Mormon, um, even in Doctrine and Covenants, and I think, you know, as I started getting deeper and I started reading more Doctrine and Covenants, I think there's a reason they have you start with the Book of Mormon, to be yes. honest, because Doctrine and Covenants... <laughs> well, I'm is,
1: surprised they actually gave it to you before baptism.
3: The Doctrine yeah. and Covenants? No, they actually did yeah. not give it to me. I just, this was further down in my journey, you know, when I was getting, you know, I, when I was started deciding, okay, I probably should know a little bit more about... I was still planning on being baptized, but I wanted to get more information, and so... And I was actually given, before this young man left on his mission, um, he gave me this beautiful set of scriptures with my name engraved and everything. Um, wow. and, and those with, it had a whole quad.
2: Okay. Um, oh, so it's the Bible good. and right. the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenant, yep. and uh, I Price, had all the of it.
3: Court. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. And so, um, but even when I first started listening to I me mean, I, did, I did read all through the Book of Mormon, um, which of course, you know, is full of stories and, and many of them
2: sound biblical? They
1: have yeah, I mean, I would say many
3: different. times it sounded uh, similar to the Old Testament, you know, to me mm-hmm. a lot of the same type of things. And I would notice also that sometimes there'd actually be verses identical If from the Book of Mormon that would be literally identical in the Bible, especially right. sections of Matthew specifically. Uh-huh. Um, and Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And Isaiah. Um, Anyway, I feel like I topic. But what we
2: were talking about the research and like going yes, into some of these things yes. and if you were encouraged to like only be only go to certain places. Right,
3: absolutely. And and that I can say definitely did happen. Um they you know, going through it, I would ask questions and say, you know, we'll make sure you know, basically there's a lot of anti-Mormon literature online, a lot of anti-Mormon literature published, just be careful what you see or look at and what you what you um, the research that you do because you know basically one that you know the devil's working against the one true church so if this is the one true church you can expect there's going to be a lot of animosity a lot of
2: opposition opposition
3: Absolutely. toward our faith and so you know you need to be careful about you know what you read and so that exactly pointing me to you know lds.org um, if you're really wanting to get questions about polygamy because there's you know very controversial issues that i did have questions on right. um polygamy being one of them So pointing me to LDSL or pointing me to um, maybe certain talks, uh, Grace specifically is one of them, you know, talking um, just talks done by general authorities, you know, on mormon.org or or whatever.
2: Okay. And that's where we're going to end. So stay
1: tuned to find out.
2: for Anna part two. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being with us. And if you're hearing this and you're not sure where to get part two, like if you're picking this up on the radio and you go, wait, I'm not going to be able to. Unveilinggracepodcast.com is where all the episodes are. Part two is coming up, so we hope you'll be with us next time.
1: Grace and peace to you next time.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. (laughs) Thanks for being with us. And here's an excerpt from next week's episode.
3: You know, at this point, I knew more about the history of the church, and I was just baffled by the fact that this film, I was like, well, this leaves out so much of the story and again I say this in love but I mean truly like as far as things of history of the church and things that Joseph Smith had done and you know it just you know as, as it baffled me that and you know, I'm like well, well why hide it like if there's nothing to be ashamed of in the church if the, it's if the, if the if it's infallible like why would you cut true, out yes. such such pivotal you know well, part pieces? of that might have come from
1: your christian background right because the bible's very clear nothing is to be secret Mhm especially that's being secret is not a good thing and being selective mm-hmm. is not necessarily a good thing right yeah, and so absolutely.
3: you probably had that as part of your ethical moral mm-hmm. code right, right yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. well and I, you know and in my heart i, I just i just, that moment specifically i remember because i said like, well if i'm going to join this this faith like i i have to be able to tell people the truth like i can't present this message right. to somebody and and not tell them the full truth of it, and and why shouldn't we, you know?
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We hope you'll join us next time for another conversation devoted to taking your life and relationships to another level of healing. You may connect with us and leave your questions, comments, plus find the show notes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com, where you can experience a grace that heals.